Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Frenzy. That's the nothing personal word of the day today. It is a frenzy. And I don't just mean coronavirus. I'm talking about NFL free agency, the signings that are happening. The Miami Dolphins are acting like drunken sailors, signing everybody. They had all the cap room. Have you ever been shopping like now in a grocery store and you have extra money in your pockets? You're like, yeah, I'll buy the extra box of tissues. I don't necessarily need it. Yeah, there's a chance I'm going to need 59 rolls of toilet paper. I might as well beat up the guy next to me to get that. It's a frenzy. I'm not sure I understand it. It's a frenzy in Houston. They're acting like drugged sailors. Get it? Drunken sailors, drug sailors. One's okay, one's not okay. Maybe they're both bad. People lost their minds yesterday talking about the big trade that the Texans made. I don't really get it. I don't get what they did, but guess what? They had a reason. So the frenzy is that the NFL starts its season, and all of a sudden, it's their calendar year, they call it. I don't even understand what that means, except that it's the first day that legal tampering can happen, and then tomorrow is when actually players can sign. But we've been breaking news at CBS every month in Gdanishtik that says, hey, we've got Bridgewater signing $60 million for three years. Not with the Saints. He's moving to the Panthers. Cam Newton is now going to be possibly traded. Or released. Cam Newton has $19 million to be paid. They can release him and save the 19. I'm sorry. Are you going to sign Bridgewater for three years, 60 million, and then not cut Cam Newton to save that money? Of course you're trying to trade him. And what you do is when you want to trade a player on a bad long-term deal, you call the agent of that player and you say, hey, listen, I just want you to know that uh, if you want to go ahead and contact the other 29 baseball teams, Please feel free because we've called every one of them and we can't find one who will take your contract or your client's contract. So be my guest. It's one of the great announcements of all time when a club says, yes, we have given permission of our player to seek a trade. It's funny. What, what does the agent do? Call the GM of another team? It's the stupidest announcement that a team could ever make. We've given permission to our player, to seek a trade. That's like a frenzy. Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. That's not a frenzy. If you watch nothing personal or listen to it, which I appreciate that you do. By the way, you're quarantined, so please download, rate, review, go on Apple, write a review, ask a question. I'll do an extra bonus pod at the end of the month. I appreciate you watching. All the support for the ML Beer Challenge. Appreciated. We're in day two, by the way. Can't really see a lot of growth on me or Coca, but another team's getting money. We'll get to that later. Tom Brady. Of course he wasn't going. Do you remember the phone call that we did a few episodes ago? I can't remember which episode, Coca, but it was a few episodes ago. We did the call between Belichick and Brady. That put the purr in perfunctory. 
Of course he was not coming back, and we told you why. Why would you pay Tom Brady, who's a middle-of-the-road quarterback? That's all he is. Now, he's the greatest of all time, but today he's a middle-of-the-road quarterback. If you're running a team which has been a dynasty and you want to continue winning, you're not going to win with Tom Brady as your quarterback. If you're a mediocre team that has never really done anything in terms of Super Bowls or really is not even on the NFL map, of course you're going to want Tom Brady because it's great PR, it's great for jersey sales, but then you actually have to play 60 minutes. So the Patriots knew very well that they were not going to sign him, so this is not a surprise. Tom Brady releases the longest statement of all time, and I loved it. I want to just point out a few things that Tom said that were interesting to me and hopefully interesting to you. I don't know what my football future holds, but it's time for me to open a new stage for my life and career. Well, in the real world, players don't turn down a team until they know for a fact they have another team. They live by a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. It's not enough that we hear rumors on CBS and on the queue that we hear rumors that people are interested in Brady. Brady needs to have a firm deal in his hand. Brady has to know exactly the contractual provisions. He has to know exactly his choices before he does a social media post. Now, this is all planned because we got a great tweet. I have so many pieces of paper given to me, printed for me, because it's so great today. Robert Kraft, this morning, says, quote, Tommy, now that is such eyewash, right? The way you pretend that you know an athlete and make sure that everybody knows you know that athlete and that they don't, is you refer to him in a way that only the inside people do, right? He's Tom Brady. No, no, no. He's Tommy to Mr. Kraft Single. Tommy initiated contact last night and came over. That's nice. We had a positive, not test for coronavirus, because that's the only time. If you search positive right now, you see positive test. Nope. We had a positive, respectful discussion. It's not the way I want it to end, but I want him to do what's in his best personal interest. After 20 years with us, he's earned that right. I love him like a son, to which Jonathan Kraft said, as long as that's only love and not math. Do you get that, Coca? With no audience, and we have only five people working because of the, uh, of the quarantine and, and people working from home, it's impossible to get any feedback on whether people actually get any of the funny things that I may or may not be saying. But love him like a son, right? But not mathematically. Nothing, Coca? He doesn't get it. Okay, Jonathan Kraft doesn't want to forego any possible, any possible rights he has in an estate to another child named Tommy Brady. So let's talk about Tom Brady, and let's talk about why Kraft would say that. Um, so a positive, respectful discussion. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened when Tom Brady, Tommy Boy, when Tommy Boy went to visit Robbie Boy, here's how it went. Hey, uh, it was a text. Uh, can I stop by tonight? And Robert responds, yes. In comes Tom, rings the doorbell. Hey, good to see you. They hug. Guaranteed there's a hug hello. And then Robert says, hey, uh, Tom, come in here. And they sit down in the living room, not in front of a TV. They sit in sort of formal chairs. 
and it's possible that there's some cheese and crackers, an offer of a drink. What can I get you to drink? So they may pour a drink. Even if Tommy's driving, it's going to be one drink. This over-under for this meeting at Robert Kraft's house with Tommy was about four minutes. Tommy goes in, sits down, has a drink. He looks at Robert and says, is there any chance that you can match what Tampa has offered? Robert has been coached by Bill Belichick. Robert has spoken to Jonathan Kraft. They have made the decision of what their drop-dead salary would be to Tom Brady, which I would argue is $1.50, but the Patriots will not say that. I don't think they offered Brady a one-year, $5 million contract. Kraft says, I can't do it, but I want you to know, let's do this the right way. I want to do this through statements, and I want to tell you how much I love you and how much you mean to me. Tom Brady looks at him and says, all right, sounds good. They hug and he leaves. That's how quick it actually was. They weren't sitting and watching movies or watching a series on Amazon called Lovesick. No, it was a very business-like meeting where they felt the right message that they could convey once there was this breakup is that it was face-to-face. So Robert Kraft releases that. Tom Brady then goes on his Instagram, which, by the way, don't for a minute think that when he joined Instagram, and Twitter and made that huge, remember when he did it and he had millions of followers within a day? Don't think that that was not completely planned so that he had a way to release this information today where this was all part of his Machiavellian plan. And I say that in a not pejorative way at all. I love that Brady did it this way. No problem with it at all. He deluded other teams into thinking that he's going to be worth what those teams are going to offer. They're so lathered up to have Tom Brady on the team. I can see it. It's what happened with our team when we had a chance to get Alex Rodriguez past his prime or Manny Ramirez for Giancarlo Stanton. Any different thing that could have happened where we'd have a celebrity. It's what happened when we got Ichiro. Oh my God, we can get Ichiro. So we overpaid and we gave him whatever he wanted. He ended up being great for us and I ended up being able to call him Ichi. <laughs> I know him better than you do. I call him Ichi. By the way, it doesn't matter what I call him. Just that I can call him. That's pretty cool. But this is what happens. You get a superstar past his prime, and you do it to a team that really doesn't have a lot going for it, and you feel like, wow, this could be cool. So Tom Brady does an entire statement. He does a statement where he thanks his teammates, coaches, executive staff, Belichick, the Kraft family, the organization. He goes through an entire litany, two full pages of thank yous. Of course, the fans, the Patriots supporters, Massachusetts, the whole kit and caboodle. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Here's where I get a little shaky. I am now showing to the people watching on YouTube Two statements, one by Robert Kraft and one by Bill Belichick. I am showing two pages that are really taking up an entire eight and a half by 11 sheet. The statements are incredible, and they're both titled Statement on Tom Brady's Patriots Career. Now, Robert Kraft goes through an entire thing about how sad he was the last 20 years, when he arrived in New England, how he loves him. Just, uh, that's great. Thank you. The one I want to focus on is Bill Belichick. (laughs) It's pretty good. Now, you guys know Bill Belichick. He's the coach of the Patriots, the best head coach in the history of the NFL. 
I, I started loving him as, a, as the uh, coordinator, defensive coordinator for the New York Giants when they won the Super Bowl twice. Bill Belichick is a no-nonsense guy. He's got no emotion. My kind of guy. All business. Remember the call I did between Belichick and uh, Brady? Uh, hello? Hello? That's Bill Belichick, right? He's not very, he's not a man of words. Except he came up with four paragraphs, and I would tell you that Bill Belichick did not write one word of any of these paragraphs. Do you think he sat down and said, Tom was not just a player who bought into our program. He was one of its original creators. Tom lived and perpetuated our culture. Tom and I, it goes on, Tom and I will always have a great relationship built on love, admiration, respect, and appreciation. I would have then added that they've had a custody arrangement. They figured it all out. They're going to remain friends in the best interests of their children and pets. Back to the statement. Tom's success as a player and his character as a person are exceptional. Nothing about the end of Tom's Patriots career changes how unfathomably spectacular it was. And then it goes on and on and on. And here's the last sentence. Sometimes in life it takes some time to pass before truly appreciating something or someone. But that has not been the case with Tom. He's a special person and the greatest quarterback of all time. Sorry. I'm sorry. I do think it's sad because he's been so important to New England. And I think during these tough times, we need to take a minute and realize that I'm not sure we can recover from Tom leaving the Patriots and signing another deal. Are you kidding me? Daily coronavirus update. Okay, there's two angles. What do I have, Coca? Oh, I just rubbed my face. By the way, I want to say that this microphone that I touch, I got a few DMs at uh, David P. Sampson that were not so you want to talk to Sampson, saying, why do you touch your microphone and do other people use the microphone? Well, no one actually uses the microphone because when I get off this chair at the end of the show, I sit on a chair and talk into a microphone, I put thumbtacks on the chair face up. So if anyone actually sits here, then they obviously get thumbtacks in their tushy. What I also do on the microphone is I have a little thing that I've grown an immunity to, like James Bond, and the immunity is that I have this cayenne pepper all over the microphone that if anyone gets close to it, they will suffer greatly, and I'll be able to know who he or she is. So don't worry. I don't have it. Daily update. MLB is still working through logistics, which means there is no answer on schedule. There is no answer on any delay. There's no answer on service time. There's definitely closing of spring training camps, but only if the teams choose to close, but more teams have chosen to close. There is and will be payments made to players on the 40-man roster should they stay at spring training, which they shouldn't because they're now going to be closed. What about all the talk, and I did it too, with the beer challenge, ML beer challenge, hashtag, what about the talk of uh, minor league players? Let's talk about minor league baseball players. There is no single group of players who we as owners and presidents use more than minor league players. Let me explain why it is a marriage of convenience, 
where we use them and then toss them aside and they come back for more every year. They love it. They fight over each other to try to become a minor league player. Let me explain what I mean. Right now, we've talked about minor league baseball potentially contracting teams. The issue between MLB and minor league baseball and coming up to an, with a new agreement, which is obviously on the back burner because there's no minor league baseball being played. But we had teams, we had a short season A. That's a literally what it sounds like. It's the lowest level of the minor leagues, and they play a small season. It's actually the second lowest. There's a Gulf Coast team and a Dominican team. But then you've got a full season A ball, then double A, then triple A. You're looking at five, six, seven teams the teams have. The Marlins, let's say, five, six, or seven teams. Let's just say 25 guys a team, but it's really more than that. So just for fun, call it 150 players in the minor leagues. It's more, but just say it's 150. Out of those 150, if 15 of those become meaningful major leaguers, 10%, you're doing well. Go do the math. Go look at your teams. Don't listen to the publication's top 40 prospects of major league teams. It's laughable. We would not make a top 40 prospect list. We were in the game. The people in the media who do it, I love it. I love that you all read it and subscribe to it, and you follow them on Twitter, and you watch CBS Sports HQ. I love it. But as an executive, we couldn't care less what any of them had to say because none of them knew one thing. As a matter of fact, the majority, like me, if you want to say that I was a failed president, which is why I'm in this chair with this microphone, you can say that, and we can argue that fact. I did a whole bonus pot about it. The overwhelming majority of GMs and below who are in the media are failed baseball executives who would get back into the game in two seconds if they had a chance. I wouldn't get back into any game because it would stop me from being open and honest with you. I wouldn't be able to tell you the truth about anything that's going on because I would have to keep hiding the truth, which I did for 18 years. Keep manipulating the truth, which I did for 18 years. They're not 40 good players in any system, but we'll give you a top 40. It's funny. So the minor leaguers, the majority of them are never going to be major leaguers. They got a signing bonus of anywhere between zero and $1,000. That's the majority of minor league players. There, of course, are first-round picks who get millions. Second-round picks, fewer millions. Third-round picks, many hundreds of thousands. That's three players. The majority of them don't make it, by the way. So they go to the minor leagues. We pay minor leaguers nothing. We have, we, come on, David. MLB announced this pay raise for the minor league players. And on nothing personal, I told you the pay raise was an absolute joke. And it was. These minor league players have not been paid since last August because we only pay them through their season, which is April, May, June, July, August, five months. And they make a thousand, two thousand bucks a month, five hundred, six hundred dollars a month. It's not enough to live. Why are 24 year old kids who should be making a living playing minor league baseball? Because we give them the dream. The chance of the dream. We don't mean it. We're not being honest with them. They have no shot to ever become a part of the Major League Baseball Players Association. They have no shot to ever be called up. No matter what they do, we are not calling them up. Now, executives will say, Samson's full of it. 
if there's a minor league player who performs phenomenally well, no matter when he's drafted, we're going to make sure he's a major leaguer. Yes, there's an occasional A.J. Ramos. A.J. Ramos was like a 15th round pick for the Marlins. We drafted him. He became a big time major league reliever. A.J. Ramos and I would have conversations and I, I talked to him about it to this day. A.J. Ramos knew that in the minor leagues, if he had a bad outing, he would be released. Versus if you're a number one pick or a number two pick, we're going to give you as much leash as possible because we don't want to look bad to the owner who gave the money to draft this player. So player scouts, amateur scouts, amateur scouts and player development people have an incentive to let players who got big bonuses have more opportunities to fail. Players who barely got any bonus and were drafted in the 18th round, who cares? They have a bad outing, release them. So A.J. Ramos knew that he was under way more pressure than other players. So what would we do if a minor leaguer had a few bad outings, if we didn't need him? See you later. Go back home. Good luck with your future endeavors. Now, why is that important to talk about? Because people are going crazy now that minor leaguers are not being paid. If the minor leaguers who are not being paid would prefer to go get jobs and not come back to being minor leaguers, they should do that. I have always had a problem, and it was tough knowing that we were giving players summer jobs, and they thought that those were permanent positions. It's why I always was clear with our summer interns, as an example, when they were hired, or full-year interns, we cannot guarantee you a full-time position when this is done. This is what your pay is. Use it to bulk your resume and to figure out what you want to do next. For minor league players who don't spend their time figuring out what they're going to do next, they end up in trouble. We can't save everyone with this coronavirus pandemic. We cannot help everyone. By definition, it's math. It's not going to happen. There is a plight of minor leaguers, and it's not pleasant, but at least I'm giving you the truth of it. The NFL, moving on to give you an NFL Corona update. They started their free agency. We've talked about it. The rules are different. We talked about nothing personal. I love that, right? Why is it that it's okay to start free agency and then have private planes bringing free agents for physicals? Why should we let players take physicals and use doctors' time when they should be helping this pandemic? Well, the NFL and NFLPA got smart. They did want to start free agency, and it's going to start Wednesday. What time does free agency start Wednesday? Four, but don't quote Noah. So free agency tomorrow is starting, and however, no physicals, no airlines, no private planes, no in-person visits. So what we are going to announce on CBS Sports HQ, we're going to announce all these great signings. Guess what? Not one of them is finalized. Not one of them is anything other than a rumor that no team will announce because if they're smart, you don't announce a signing till it's official. You think the Saints, wait, who is signing Bridgewater? Panthers? The Panthers are going to give Bridgewater 60 mil. 20 a year, see what part is guaranteed, and not give him a physical? It's out of the question. So the NFL and NFLPA acknowledged this fact and said that physicals will happen. Contracts are always pending physicals, but no physicals right now. And that makes perfect sense to me.
Event announcements. Man, this is real. I'm sorry to announce the following. I really am. The Kentucky Derby is the first Saturday in May. How could it not be? Well, these are not normal times. The Kentucky Derby is now being moved to the first Saturday in September. September 5th. And there was an announcement made which made me smile to give you all an idea of what the issue is with rescheduling. Everyone just saying, hey, move the entire NBA postseason to August. Hey, move the entire baseball playoffs to December in a neutral facility. The network who shows the Kentucky Derby, it made it clear that we can do September at the following time because after that, we have a college football game with Notre Dame and the badges of Wisconsin. That's how far ahead these schedules are done. You're not going to mess up an extra programming issue and create an extra programming issue just to handle a delayed program that is suspended, canceled, halted, or otherwise changed by the coronavirus pandemic. Euro 2020, do you know what that is? Perfect example of this. Euro 2020 is the, uh, the, play, the, the, the tournament between the European league teams. They just gave an announcement today that the Euro, league, the Euro 2020 is being postponed to 2021. And that, uh, did I say countries? What did I say? Countries. It's a. It's like a World Cup. The Euro 2020 is is different countries in Europe. Obviously, Europe is the epicenter of this pandemic. Of course, they're not going to have Euro 2020 at any time, so they've moved it to 2021. So the question is, does that screw up? Sort of. Is the next one? It's supposed to be every four years. Will they then wait till 2025? No. The next one will be in 2024. So there'll only be three years in between Euro League, and Euro League in its announcement said that. We are committed to complete all domestic and European club competitions by the end of June 2020 at the latest. I don't love this because it is not likely. The end of June is coming up, as you know. It's three months from now. It's 90 days. Basically, if you look at the scale of the pandemic and how it progresses, three months is a minimum. And Europe is still ahead of the U.S., so the U.S. is even more than three months out, but three months a minimum. I understand why EuroLeague said it, but then they put in the comma in their statement, comma, should the situation improve and resuming playing be appropriate and prudent enough. So they just gave a date for people to say, hey, that's the outside date where if we're not completed, then we're not having any, any at all. But how many games equals are completed? If baseball had come out and said, hey, if we can't complete the schedule by the end of September, then we are not going to have a season. Why would they announce that? What does that mean? Right? It makes no sense to me. Because they, we wouldn't know how many games equals a completed schedule. If we play 81, is that a completed schedule? So it's sort of a, a half statement, which we should be avoiding right now. We should be concrete. French Open, the tournament I love, Nadal on clay moved from May 24th to September 20th. This is the second event moved into September, which should give you an idea of how totally screwed MLB is and how the fact that we may end up looking like ZZ Top if we can't get any games in until next April. The U.S. Open is currently scheduled, as you know, in August. 
You've got Wimbledon in London that is played in June. I can only tell you that the entire WTA tournament schedule, ATP tournament schedule, is going to be moved. They're not playing in London a tournament at New York in August, September. It's not happening. French Open moved to the end of September. Okay. Last note on the coronavirus update. Sports related, at least. You know, do you need me to talk to you about the Olympics? How many times do I have to tell you on this show, no matter what comes out of the IOC, and they did another huge statement today, a two-pager. They call it a communique, which made me smile. It's French. It's a communique. A two-pager saying, we are proceeding as normal. Dot, 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 for now. We recognize that only 53% of the athletes have qualified to be in the Olympics with 47% left to go. We recognize that nobody is having qualifying events. We'll worry about it soon. But right now, we've lit that torch. We are full steam ahead. Let me tell you something. If Asia gets rid of this pandemic and gets rid of it, There is no guarantee they don't know yet that it's not like the Spanish flu, which disappeared during the summer, came back during the fall, and was three times as bad. If you think that they want to bring in people from every country around this world back into Tokyo only to save several billion dollars, you may be right. (laughs) They may need to save several billion dollars. That'll be a money decision. Nah, it's going to be made for him. Olympics are going to be delayed. I got to do the NCAA tournament very quickly. Very quickly, just to tell you that yesterday, the NCAA president said something that I really wish he hadn't, but we all know is true. He said that he was sure that the NCAA tournament was going to go on until Rudy Gobert tested positive, and then he said, "Uh uh-oh, Houston, we have a problem. That's the story of this pandemic. It needed Rudy Gobert. It's outrageous. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. From what you've seen so far, do you think they'll be a first-time winner of the NBA championship? If the Pacers, Clippers, Suns, Magic, Pelicans, or T-Wolves win, you win at plus 650. That's six teams to root for, six chances to win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code Samson, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 
21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Quentin, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So speaking of NCAA, so you want to talk to Samson? Thank you. Thank you. You're tweeting at me like crazy. I can't keep up with the DMs, but the subjects are good. There are so many questions that people have. A, everyone's got questions. B, everyone's at home, so they have more time to listen to the show twice to come up with extra questions. This was a good one. What do I think about giving student athletes an extra year of eligibility? I want to talk about that. Let me explain to you why your knee-jerk reaction requires actual thought and logistical consideration. Right now, the NCAA has announced that in their view, they are going to grant spring athletes the ability to come back to have an extra year of eligibility so that they can play the spring sport again. In theory, in theory, now, keep in mind, keep in mind this is a straight theory, But in theory, seniors in college will have graduated. Now, there aren't going to be commencements, but they'll have enough credits to have graduated. The best ones want to become professional athletes. The ones who will never play beyond college, which is 99%, of course they want to play again. So what are we going to do? Have them leave the campus... We're going to have them get jobs or start graduate school, and then we're going to have them come back, suit up, and play for their college, even though they're not in college. Or do we make them register and be registered students? And what, take basket weaving? Take corona for dummies? What exactly classes will they take? Do you think the majority of students will stand up and try to audit a Shakespeare course? I don't think so. And I'm not being prejudiced against athletes. I'm saying if I went back for a season of sports, I wouldn't choose to take hard classes. I would take the easy A. Then, what exactly happens to the seniors in high school who have been promised scholarships to play varsity sports at these schools. Those freshman players are supposed to replace the senior players. The coaches of the NCAA teams put teams together, assuming seniors leave, freshmen come. Now, do they leave a spot or two for walk-ons in case Rudy decides to come play? You never know. But generally, it's one-to-one. So do we tell the seniors in high school that they're spot on the team will now be delayed, but they're not going to get an extra year of eligibility, so they get three years of varsity play instead of four. In baseball, it's even worse. They need to have their freshman year because they only get three years to be good, and then they get drafted after junior year. What, Coca? Okay. Coca said that's... By the way, did I have I told you? When Coca says, let's wrap this up, and I don't understand what he's saying, he must not be interested in this topic. But I'm thankful that you asked for it. The answer is, the extra year of eligibility is not that simple. 
And when it comes to winter sports, that's even worse. They've had their seasons. Yes, they missed the tournament. Yes, it's very, very sad that they didn't get to play in the NCAA tournament, but you can't let them back on the basketball team. What would Duke do? They'd have no players. How is that? Fast enough? Okay, I'm reviewing something today. Excuse me. Hello. It's not Corona. It's a little bit of a scratchy throat. Is that step one? Top five movie series of all time. This will keep you entertained during your quarantine. These are series of movies. A lot of movies. You can actually be at home for two to three weeks straight, have the occasional Pop-Tart, and you're going to be just fine. It took me way longer than you could imagine to make this list. But the top five, number five, which I can't believe, those who know me won't believe it, Harry frickin' Potter. Who would have thought that? I never saw one Harry Potter until a couple years ago. I then watched every one, and I loved it. He, Harry Potter made it on my list of about 30 or 40 movie series that I worked on yesterday, and I kept calling it down and calling it down, and Harry Potter stayed on the list. Even if you think you're not interested in these types of movies, do it. You will be shocked at how interested you will be in the Harry Potter series. Harry Potter, number five. Number four, don't be a hater. Don't be a hater of Tom Cruise because of Scientology. Don't be a hater of Tom Cruise because of all of his marriages that are shams. Don't be afraid of Tom Cruise to love his movies because of what they are. I love his movies. I don't agree with his politics necessarily or his religion necessarily. I don't care. I'm not marrying the guy. I don't have dinner with him. I want to be entertained for two plus hours. And if you want seven movies that are beyond entertaining, watch them. Mission Impossible back-to-back. Where else can you find Marcellus Wallace without a red ball in his mouth? I ask you. Mission Impossible is number four. Number three caused a big argument. I want to be very clear. Avengers. To me, the Avengers encompasses every one of the movies that are Captain America, Thor, Iron Man. What are some of the other Avengers? Spider-Man. It's all of those sort of Marvel Universe movies. Not the DC Comics, that's different. These are the Marvel Universe movies. If you choose to watch every one of them from start to finish, when I first got to CBS Sports HQ, he's now in Stanford, there was an anchor named Hakeem Dermish. What's up, Hakeem? Hang in there, buddy. So Hakeem gave me a list of every Marvel movie I have to watch, and I watched every one of them. There, one is better than the last. And the last one I saw was not Avengers Endgame, which to me was the best one, but there was another one with Brie Larson who plays something. Cap, what does she play? Captain Marvel. So I, I actually love that one as well. And I can't wait. I think Black Widow's coming out. Is that Scarlett Johansson? Delayed. Halted. So many things are halted. Don't panic. So many things are halted. But don't worry, by the way. With the halt... It's all good because it's possible that some movies that were going to be in closed movie theaters are going to be streamed for you. They may release some first-run movies, not in the theater, but on your streaming network. By the way, it doesn't make movie theater owners too happy. Number two, don't argue, just watch. Mel Gibson is a terrible anti-Semite. Having him 
on my list at number two should prove to you once and for all that I can separate the person from the product. The Mad Max movies, starting with the original Mad Max, going through the Road Warrior, you get a Tina Turner song in there, and then you get to see Charlize Theron and the other woman from Big Little Lies or Pretty Little Lies, Zoe Kravitz. Is she the one married to the guy with the tattoos, Jason? Her mom is married to Jason Momoa, which is Lisa Bonet, who is Lenny Kravitz's ex-wife. See if you can follow. But their daughter, Zoe Kravitz, who is in the TV series with Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon and Shalene Woodley from The Descendants, is in The Last Mad Max. This is a series of four movies beyond entertaining, and it will give you sort of an idea what will happen if we actually run out of water, not toilet paper. And I don't mean water as in in the grocery store. I mean water as in on the earth. It's the opposite of Waterworld. That's true. Thank you. Number one, not even a question. I don't want any arguments. The top movie series of all time is James Bond. The top movie series for a quarantine of all time is definitely James Bond. You can watch 25 movies. You can watch from Sean Connery and with Daniel Craig. You're going to see Christopher Walken. You're going to see Grace Jones. You're going to see Maud Adams. You're going to see them all. How could you not think that James Bond, period, end of sentence? It's number one. Update. This is day two of the ML Beard Challenge. We announced yesterday that we, nothing personal, we are donating $1,000 every single day, the fir- up to $100,000. We will be donating for the next 100 days, and we are growing our beard, me and Coca, day two. We will not shave until MLB plays a regular season game. For the first 30 days, for the first 30 days, we are giving $1,000 a day to each Major League Baseball team's community foundation, and those foundations know what to do. You've DM'd me. You followed me at David P. Sampson. You said, how do I join in? Well, in addition to not shaving, and Amy Trask, if you're listening, you can just not shave your legs. She wanted to know how to participate if she didn't have a beard. Well, there's that. You can go underarms, legs, whatever you want. Just don't shave something you would normally shave. For guys, by the way, I could choose any part of my body. I'm going with the face. Is it possible? That for a hundred days there won't be baseball. Yeah, so for thirty days, one thousand per team. Yesterday we donated a thousand dollars to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Today it's a thousand dollars to the Atlanta Braves. And what I'm going to do starting today is give you a minute about the Atlanta Braves, what it was like, what their off season was like, and we'll do this for every team for the next thirty. And it's a complicated situation. Number one. The biggest move the Braves made is they didn't re-sign Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson was their third baseman. They signed him to a one-year deal last year, had a phenomenal year. He parlayed it into a four-year deal with the Minnesota Twins. Of course, if there's no baseball, is it still four years? Is it now three years? These are questions that will have to be negotiated with the union, as we talked about. But the Braves didn't get him. They didn't want to bid. Enough. They made an offer. It wasn't good. 
Instead, the biggest contract the Atlanta Braves signed was for Will Smith, the reliever from the San Francisco Giants. They gave him $40 million over three. They pumped up their pen with Chris Martin, Darren O'Day. Whatever. Not important. Here's what's important. Cole Hamels, one year, $18 million. They took a flyer. He was going to be out to start the season. Now he may be ready when and if the season starts. Marcelo Zuna took the qualifying offer, denied the qualifying offer offered to him by the St. Louis Cardinals, which means he turned down $17.9 million, and he got $400,000 extra, or $100,000 extra. He signed for $18 million over one, or $18.3 over one. I can't remember off the top of my head. One-year deal. The Braves are trying to get lucky with these one-year deals. They're complementing it with their young core who signed long-term. Ozzie Albies, Roel Acuna, and you add that to Freddie Freeman. They've got some questions at third base. Will it be Austin Riley, who was the greatest player of all time to be called up last year until he stopped hitting, so he doesn't even have a full-time job. Their rotation with Freed, Fultonavich, Soroka, Hamels if he's healthy. It's actually good. This is the team that should be favored along with the Nationals to win the National League East. This is a team that does not get hurt by losing a year. This is a team that doesn't get hurt at all because the veterans they signed to a year, they just disappear. They signed Travis Darnot for two years, let him go if baseball shut down. Or you just have him for one year, which is fine. There are economic realities that are terrible if we lose baseball for two months, three months, a year. But from an Atlanta Braves standpoint, what they've done is perfect in terms of setting themselves up to be as flexible as possible as they move forward. Maybe an extra year to Will Smith. Overall, I liked what the Braves offseason did, and I know Terry McGurk is a great leader of that team, and he will find a way to take this $1,000 and make a difference in and around his community. Hourly workers and other people impacted, no doubt about it. Wait to see I end every show. You know it. So we saw today that a second minor league player for the New York Yankees, wait to see, second minor league player tested positive. That's not the wait to see. My wait to see is I guarantee you a major league player, a player from a 40-man roster will have and test positive for COVID-19. It's just math. This is the easiest wait to see of all time. MLB will have. The New York Mets, they had an issue because Donovan Mitchell is a player for the Jazz who tested positive. Donovan Mitchell's father works for the Mets. They tested his father. They were relieved when his father tested negative. That's great, but that's the problem, right? Testing negative does not all of a sudden give you an opportunity to run around like you're free as a bird and go to the beach and get tan. And organizations need to prepare for the fact it doesn't, they don't need to wait for a positive test. There, someone's going to be positive. Act as though you're all positive. ML Beard Challenge. It's game two, day two, but nothing personal. We are back to business. It's nothing personal. 